Billy, this is a thrill. Hello, my name's Neil, and I'm just so delighted to be asked to be the first podcast for, for my goddaughter, Billy, and um, I hope you're gonna enjoy it, gonna enjoy this tales I'm gonna tell you, um, because uh, it's all about modeling, and it's my career as a model. The first question I have for you, Neil, is how did you get into it? That's what they all ask. First thing I've got to say, when I, I was modeling from between, I think it was 1978 through to about 1992, um, the majority of models that I worked with that were reasonably or very successful, uh, never wanted to be a model in the first place. Um, they could be in a bank queue, or they could be a taxi driver or working in a shop. And agents used to send out scouts um, I think that's how Kate Moss was discovered. If I remember, that's correct, yeah. It was a scout from a model agency, um, and she was discovered at uh, Kennedy Airport in New York. Wow. Uh, but my story is a little bit different to that. I, I think it was, a, well, it was the most bizarre thing, so it was the last thing I ever thought of doing, and I, uh, the career change uh, when it happened was uh, quite bizarre. But um, I was, uh, when I left school, I, I joined a company called BOAC, and BOAC was British Overseas Airways Corporation, and they merged uh, with BEA to become British Airways as we know it today. And it was a three-year training course in sales and promotion. I thought this is gonna be great. It gave me the opportunity to travel, mm -hmm. and so on and so forth. And for three years, three and a half years, I was very content doing what I was doing. Anyway, at the time, I was at, uh, there was a British Airways office in Croydon. I lived in South London, so it was ideal for me to work at the office. And uh, one morning, I just received this call, and the lady said, hello, this is Willa Beatty. I'm the fashion editor of Woman's Own magazine. Now, Woman's Own was at the time, unlike today, where there are literally hundreds of magazines, Woman's Own was the biggest selling woman's magazine at the time. And um, I said, yes, what can I do for you? Think she wanted to do something with British Airways. And she said, oh, um, she said, um, I want to tell you in the last 10 of our cover man of the year competition. And I went, yeah, right, who is this? Who is this? Come on, come on, tell. And she said, no, she said, they've all said that. She said, you're the eighth I've got in touch with and they all can't believe it. I said, well, wow. who entered me for it? So she told me it was a, an ex-girlfriend of mine, oh who I'm thrilled to say to this day, I only spoke to her this morning, we're still great oh. mates. And um, we'd split up about a year and a half beforehand, but uh, we were still friends and she had some pictures of me and she sent it up and wrote about me. And I suddenly found myself in the last 10 of this competition. So I thought, well, I've got nothing to lose. Let's go for it. And the prizes were quite nice. And um, so I went, I went and had the test shots done uh, with Terry O'Neill, um, who was a very famous photographer at the time, although I didn't know it, and he was married to Faye Dunaway, the actress. And then about two months later, it was August 76, hottest summer I can remember on record, and uh, I, that day I got home and phone call came and it said I'd won. And, uh, and you I thought, hadn't even planned to no no the first no place. no no no. And I, I obviously had to confirm with Rosie when I got that first phone call. She said, "Oh my God, you're in the last 10. Um, and I think there was about four and a half thousand entries or something. So oh, I was no I was very way. lucky. But the prizes um, and for someone this that was, probably wasn't even that bothered about it. Well, no, exactly. You know, and I just thought, well, the prizes are nice. You know, <laughs> and it was a hundred pound voucher for Burton's shop nice. now 100 pounds went a very long way in 76 um i can tell you a champagne bottle of brute which i think is making a comeback then 
let me think. What was the other ones? Oh, Vidasso Soon Haircut, uh, a watch. Very nice. And then introduction to a model agency. Um, so I took all the prizes apart from, <laughs> I was happy with the airlines, you know, and I didn't want to yeah. be a model anyway. And it just, well, no, it wasn't me. And that was that. So a year passed and I had my 15 minutes of fame and I'm sitting on the train in the morning and a woman looking at a woman's own magazine, they're looking at me, they're looking down and I used to do a little nod to say yes, you know. And then she would tell her friend next door, you know. Yes, so yeah, as I said, I had that 15 minutes of fame for a week, yeah. um, which is fun. Um, and then, yeah, I took all the prizes and everything, didn't want the introduction to the model agency, continued my work. Following year. So how old were you then? Uh, so it's um, 76, I was 23. 23. Yeah, 23. 22, 22, going on 20, nearly So you were kind of just starting your career at that point. Yeah, with, yeah. I've, I've, been with, I've been with the airline for five years. So oh. I was just thinking, all oh, right, what's my next? Is managerial mm. and so on and so forth. But it didn't happen um, because I said the following year, I was about to go to lunch. And again, I was at Croydon on the desk and phone rang, it was a personal call from my colleague, and I said, I'll get us to phone you back. And this woman came rushing, a very attractive lady came rushing in, and said, oh, can you help me, can you help me? I, I have to get down to uh, South America uh, tonight, to, to uh, Caracas. And I said, well, um, i see what I can do for you. So I, I was able to take her down via Miami, got her down there, a week later, she came back, and she said, thank you so much, you saved my life. She said, I was a model. And uh, she'd missed a flight from coming in from somewhere else and this, that and the other. And she said, as a thank you, it's my birthday coming up. I'd love you to come to my birthday party at my model agency in Bond Street. So, God, this is a long story. Um, I'll try and Longer cut it down. Better. Yeah, so um, I went the following week uh, to this birthday party and the agent looked at me very strangely. And this is a year later since my face was on the, the cover. And I said why do I know your face? I, I recognise you for something. So obviously it's his business to know what's going on. And I said, well, actually, I said, I, I was a cover man of the year for Woman's Own magazine last year. Oh, yeah, he said, well, and what came of it? I said, well, I didn't want anything to do it. He said, you know, you, you really should try modelling. I said, it, no, it doesn't appeal to me. He said, look, let me just set up some test shots for you, which he did, hated them, <laughs> um, absolutely hated them, and uh, was with him for about two months got no castings whatsoever. And this girl then said to me, we became subsequently became friends. She said to me, look, I, this is not the agent for you. I'm gonna take you to another guy called Tom Sheridan International. And Tom was one of the leading agents in London. And I got there and he literally crucified me. He said, oh, your hair's the wrong color. You need to beef <laughs> up, you need to do this, you need to. I said, I'm obviously wasting your time. And he said, no, I'm taking you on. Wow. Uh, so subsequently, had a bit of styling done, so the hair was cut a different way and I had my highlights done and, and I, I started going out to the gym. And um, he got test shots done, which I was a lot more happier with. And uh, we have a little composite card made up, which the models don't have to do today, everything's yeah. online. Yeah. You know, and that's another thing I talk about is that we had to traipse around London and seeing every advertising agency, every director, every photographer with our portfolio yeah, to say, then, no, I said, new kids on the block, you know, yeah. this is it, this is me, write a keeper card. Um, and as I said, as far as I, I never see a model walking around with a portfolio today because everything's online. Yeah. Anyway, subsequently, Tom took me on. And uh, he sent me for my very, very first casting. It was to be an Australian lifeguard 
in a dream sequence on a 747 at Heathrow Airport for British Airways of all people. So I'm working for British Airways. I'm now gone for a casting for British Airways. I got the job. Wow. So that was that. Then I got the next three jobs I was sent up what? for, so I had to keep taking leave. What was that photo like? What the, I think I've seen that one. Is that? No, it was a commercial. It was a TV commercial. Oh. Yeah, it was a TV commercial, and I was in budgie snugglers <laughs> and in a yellow. I remember so distinctly, and I earned more that day than I would have in three months at British Airways. Wow. And I thought, hello. <laughs> anyway, subsequently, as I said, I, I then won. Oh, sorry, I, I then gained um, a few more castings. And my agent said to me, look, he said, this is unusual. You've got every casting you've gone for. Wow. So he said, you really should consider. I said, well, get me a contract. He said, oh, please. He said, contracts don't come along yeah. every day. I said, because then I'll be happy to give up my, 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 yeah. my job. <laughs> Three weeks later, I go into a casting, get a contract with British World Marketing Board of all people. And it was to do a week's photographic shoot in a catalogue do um, fashion shows, do three uh, agricultural shows, the Royal Agricultural Shows only, uh, big marquee and everything and crew and, and stuff um, to promote British wool and then do a catalogue in the uh, autumn. So in total, it's about six weeks work and I was going to get paid more than I earned in a year. So I thought, okay. So I took my very last trip. Uh, I got a freebie from um, British Airways, flew to Australia, saw some friends, flew back again, went straight into the modelling. Wow. And that's how that all started. So I'm a fatalist, you know, it, it, and it, was, it wasn't meant to be the first time, but it was meant to be because mm. if I hadn't taken that phone call and the girl had to come in. Absolutely. And, you know, and then she'd come back the following week, said, come to my agent, mm. and, it, and it just all went from there. And it, it that seemed... was it. It seemed like you did everything almost to make it. Not happen. It wasn't going to happen. Yeah. But then they almost found you, which is incredible. So I was, I was, I was delighted with Tom, uh, my agent, and um, he started setting me up and everything. But as I said, I revert back to the fact that it was very hard work at the beginning. You were traipsing, uh, your days off. You, 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 there was, I think it was called IPC Towers you know, near Waterloo Station. It had all the, the magazines in it, all the different magazines yeah. from, you know, a railway collector to antique collector mm. to woman's own to woman's this, that, and that. And you literally had to, I think it's about 20 floors. You literally had to do 20 floors of, 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 uh, seeing, wow. you know, casting directors or fashion directors or whatever. Because I think now you send it all digitally and they just say yes or no. That's it. You didn't have to That's go. That's it. I, I think the only time you don't, it, well, you can even do show tapes on, on, mm. on line now where we used to have to go in for the castings. And sometimes you used to get to the castings and there were 50 people in front of you, wow. you know, being casted as well. Um, and I must admit, after my initial success, um, a few castings I went for, I didn't get. So I started having not anxiety attacks, but I was a bit conscious of the fact that thinking, oh, I've got to keep my income going, you know, because <laughs> um, normally you didn't get paid for about two months after you did the job. Yeah. So you initially had to go in with some money mm. and hopefully you were going to um, actually start working. My agent said to me, look, he said, never worry about this. He said, you're going to be fine. He said, you've done very well so far. And he said, you were very lucky from the very beginning. But he said, when you go to a casting, just remember, it's your face that's not fitting 
what the and it's the casting director sees in his head or the art director yeah. sees in their head is not the face yeah. so it's not you personally they don't like you personally <laughs> and then so you've built up a bit of a, a, a mm. tough um exterior you know to 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 take the knocks as well but we've had this conversation where i think a lot of people have the perception that models don't feel insecure and they they're not the types of people that would feel insecure about anything but we know this is not true. Well, when it boils down to it, it's your it's your looks mm. um, and any hard. anything. I mean, um, they're specialist hand models, <laughs> and they walk around in gloves. You know, <laughs> what I mean, because they cannot damage their hands. Yeah. And it's the same with me. I, I was I was about to um, uh, go out to Germany uh, to shoot um, uh, a catalogue and uh in hamburg and i was at friends the day before and i was mucking about with you know the ball you know you play the pelota is it but you know you throw the little ball and there's the bigger balls it's bowls? a bit like bowls but oh. it's you throw it yeah. and it's sort yeah. of i think it's ball it's called ball anyway so i was mucking and there was another time when i walked into a plate glass door <laughs> in bond street and got a big black eye um, and I was doing a, a shoot the following day, oh and then they had to, they were able to make up it out <laughs> and literally do it, do my profile, you know. So, but you do, you do, you get, you get very anxious. Um, also, it's the uncertainty. Mm. There's no guarantees. This is why it was lovely to get the contract, and then suddenly, then I got other contracts and other commitments from other um, 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 companies and it gave say... me a lot of comfort it made me more comfortable but initially you you are you are anxious as i said and you also you just got to make sure you don't put any weight and Absolutely. you have to be a standard size to fit basically everything would you say it's quite an addictive industry i love the fact that uh when you worked it was mm. fantastic yeah uh you were earning well you were traveling all over the world. You were working with really super people, mm. um, everything, all the crews and, and the other models. And uh, to this day, I'm still in touch with a number of wow. those models as well. But once you're in it, but I can understand, it's the same with acting, although acting obviously needs a lot more talent. <laughs> it's the insecurities will come if you're not getting the work Absolutely. and you've chosen to do it. But as I said, the majority of people mm. that I worked with that were successful never ever chose to be a model they were found and directed mm. to you know be successful in a mm. sense so yeah so so for the next part of the podcast i really wanted to ask you some questions about what it was actually like being modeled did you have any funny stories or any weird things happen oh lord over the over 15 years yes they were quite quite a lot in Cardiff and for about f a month to six weeks and it used to be six girl models and me um, traveling on this really luxurious coach all around the country in all weathers um, but because we were playing different places every night the actual catwalk that the the crew had to set up before we got there um, used to change in size because the stage might be deeper than than one other stage so the catwalk would be shorter and so on and so forth and we used to always get there early to the venue so we could we check into the hotel get to the venue early so that we could actually work the most difficult routine in in the show because uh, um, quite a lot of the shows unlike you see in Milan and everything they just walk up and down these were entertaining shows so there was they were choreographed there was humor and, and so on in front of them um, 
And I just remember we were in Aberdeen and uh, it was a very short catwalk with a tea bar at the end and then seats all around it. And, and so on. I think it capacity of about 1500 people and it wow. nearly all women. Um, but uh, so we, we used to get to the, the venues and then we used to rehearse the most difficult routine to get the timing right and know that any of the other, mm. you know, the 12 scenes or 15 scenes we were doing were, were going to fit. Um, and I just remember coming to do the show uh, and we did, we rehearsed the most difficult scene, but it was one of the easiest scenes, which is was quite straightforward showing that one of the girls just walked straight off with the spotlights in her head, forgot the catwalk was short and went straight off the edge of the catwalk <laughs> and dropped about, I think six or seven feet to the ground. And I just stood there for a moment because everybody's going, <gasps> and they've all stood up and, and, and I've jumped down off the, off the catwalk and I, I just said, are you okay, are you okay, are you okay? She said, well, yeah. She said, but I think I've broken my heel. You know what I mean? I said, well, as long as it's the only thing you've broken. So we pulled her back onto the catwalk. She got a big round of applause. Um, I escorted her off so she could get changed for the next scene if she was going to do it. And she did. She was a, wow. she was a real trooper. Um, another one, I was shooting a, um, a cigarette commercial down in um, Marbella. And uh, I was playing like a James Bond character. So there was the beautiful girl, casino, boat. And I had to play this character that every time something happened, I threw them a packet of Benson Hedges cigarettes. <laughs> and that in when they actually did the commercial, it was in slow motion. So it, it sort of flew across the room. And I remember doing the casino um, a shot and I... I, I According to the script, I won this fortune. All these chips came to me, and and the croupier's looking at me, you know, with great longing, as if I'm going to give him a load of chips, you know, stuff like. That. And I threw him a packet of cigarettes. Um, he was the best actor I've ever met, actually, because <laughs> his appreciation. <laughs> and when they said cut, all I could do was burst out laughing because I turned around. And I, I said to the director, "I said what." I said, he's good, you know, because I threw this bag of cigarettes. It was like I gave him the world yeah. as opposed to a couple of thousand dollars or something of chips. Um, and then uh, that was the cigarette. Oh, then, then, then another one. Oh, no, there's, uh, I had to fly in a helicopter and the director said to me, uh, let's make it a little bit dramatic. He said, as you're coming into land, open the door, get onto the, the running bulb of the helicopter and then jump the last few feet. So I said, fine. So we took off, we got the walkie talkie uh, with the director saying, okay, come on in, come in, come in, right, action. So he starts flying me in. No one had told him that I was supposed to open the door and try and jump out. He thought I had a panic attack. <laughs> so he's now fighting with me to pull me back in. I've released my seatbelt. I nearly went out the, pl uh, the helicopter. And in my broken Spanish, I was able to try to say, it's the scene, it's the scene, it's the scene. Anyway, we landed, because obviously you couldn't have a wobbly helicopter. Um, God, there were loads. Oh, we were doing the British Wall once and we sent a load of sheep on to the catwalk. <laughs> To scare the girls, you know, and we used to get up to terrible things when I think about it backstage. Oh no, we also used to play um, what was it called? Um, where you blinked, killer. Oh yeah. Because wink, after when you do, murder. yeah, wink yeah. murder. Because when you're doing a tour, you know what I mean. It's, yeah. it's you're, you're putting a show on. Yeah. But um, you you're just to lighten it a little bit. Mm. So we used to play wink murder as well, <laughs> and um, you know, walking past each other on the catwalk and stuff or backstage. <laughs> So, yeah, so they're just some of the funny things, you know. But uh, after 15 years, you know, there were a lot. But uh, they're the ones that just come to mind, actually, did funny you, enough. Did you have any 
rude models? Did you have anyone that wasn't particularly nice? I you there were a few models that were had attitude. Mm. I think that's the most politest way of saying it. They thought they were something a little bit special. Um, and for me, it was a job. I, I never wanted the glory or wanted, I just wanted to work. Yeah. I, I, I was offered um, the cover of a very, very well-known men's magazine. Uh, and it was paying like something like 70 quid for the day, but mm. it was a kudos of being yeah. on the front and having that in your portfolio. But then I was also offered on the same day, 500 pounds to do an ad for um, electricity board. Mm. So I took the electricity board, you know, yeah. I wasn't in it for the glory. I mm. was just in it to work and enjoy my work. Mm. Um, but going back to your question, yeah, one day um, I, I, I was one of these models that, because with a bloke as well, you don't have to do makeup mm. and so on and so forth. And I understood I was working with a, this other model, um, whose name I won't mention because she's very well known. Um, and uh, I saw the crew all busy and everything. So I said, right, everybody who wants coffee, who wants tea? <laughs> so they go, oh, tea, coffee, can I, oh, can I have a croissant? Can I have a... So I, I just went into the office and everything, where everything was, and I just started making it. And the, the model walked in, the female model walked in. And I said, oh, can I get you anything? And she said, oh, lemon, lemon tea. No, it was green tea, green tea, green tea. And I said, and? She said, no, that's it, that's all I want. And, I said. And she said, no, and she said, I just want green tea. And? And she looked at me strangely. And I said, oh, get it yourself and walked out. <laughs> at that moment, we got called by the director. So I, Neil, da-da, can you come to the set? And she looked at me and she went, oh, sorry. <laughs> Um, so it was, um, yeah, yeah. I, but generally that was, that was, that was the only time I think I, I worked with some beautiful people and yeah. lovely people. Yeah. Um, that was just kind of a one-off. It was just a one-off. Yeah. Just, it was a one-off. Just to clarify. I'm not saying any names. We're not, say, we're not, <laughs> we're not saying any names at all, but this is quite a high profile person. Mm -hmm. So anyway, so, um, bless her. <laughs> <laughs> But no, I, I think sometimes you can get to that, you know, that, that stage. I don't know why, mm. but I don't know why you have to misbehave because I always try and teach, treat people. You know, it's, it's one of those things. It, it was, I always used to throw myself into doing yeah. stuff as yeah. well. I, I was doing a car commercial when we were in Paris and we had to shoot outside a chateau and we had to do 22 scenes in eight days. <laughs> and we were in Paris, on the outskirts of Paris, we were in Innsbruck and then we were in Vienna. Mm. And so to get all those shots for the commercial and um, it'd been snowing and it was the, f the second shot of the day um, outside the chateau and there was just ice, block ice and it was affecting yeah. the, the camera reflection, mm. you know, with the lights and everything and it just didn't look natural. So the crew, the team started with the, the spades and everything, mm. breaking down the ice and so on and so forth to, so the cobblestones would come through. Um, and I picked up a, a spade and I started doing it ourselves and you know, they couldn't believe it. Um, mm. But I know other models that would do exactly the same things as yeah. well. Someone even touched that, you know, they wouldn't yeah. even think about doing that. Mm. But there was, yeah, you know, you're part of a team, you're part of a crew um, and you want to get the job done. And the best way you can get it done mm. is to, to cause as less stress as possible. And the director was stressing. So, <laughs> you know, I, it was my little way to help out. And it was a, a long shot anyway of me just getting into the car. So it didn't matter. I was a bit sweaty or whatever, as long as I got the, they got the image right. Um, then there was another time I had to drive up the Champs-Élysées um, in a left-hand drive 
a right-hand drive car on the wrong side of the road with a bank of lights on the front of me and a camera and the director and the first assistant under a rug on the back seat giving me you know giving me directions and everything and of course i looked like something from from um, um a spaceship going up the champs Elysees, and everybody's just stopping and tooting and everything and because they kept tooting you know it was oh it was just so difficult yeah i had to get the shot and then we had to go back to the beginning again and then they'd, they'd take it but it was bizarre you know, and I couldn't see anything. I could, I could not see anything. Really? Normally, they would put you on the back of a trailer. Yeah. You know, and you look as though you're driving. But, but you no, actually I actually were. had to do the driving. Because the... they wanted the window open with the hair blowing and all do this. Do you still have What, the copies of it? Mm, no. I don't know. Oh, I don't I'd know. love to see that. I don't know. Um, but that's the other th mm. thing. You know, I, I, I did quite a few TV commercials and um, things uh, here and overseas. Mm. And I'd love to get to see them all yeah. but I, I really only ever saw the ones that were done in the UK yeah. and I saw the rushes of some that we did um, I did big commercials in Germany chocolate commercials in Italy um, loads of stuff in Spain because mm. um, I went out to after about two and a half years of working my agent said you're getting a bit overexposed so he sent I said where can I go he said well I've got a sister agency in Barcelona would you like to go there I said well give me a holiday I said yeah <laughs> and I came back with an ulcer after six weeks <laughs> Because again, right face, right time. Uh, and you didn't stop working, yeah. so it was great. But I love Barcelona. Sorry. This leads nicely, I think. Oh, yes. Into your Burberry days. Oh. Oh, my Burberry days. Yeah, they were actually some of the best days, actually, in the modelling because it was so varied and diverse. And I think, Billy, you posted some photographs yes. of the, the Burberry shoots. Yeah, that was great fun. And that came about um, because I went for a casting. Um, and it was to do a fashion show in Paris and Burberry were flying in all their main um, um, what are they, agents yeah. from all over the world and of course Burberry was one of the names that everybody, all the models wanted to work for one of the other major ones was Dax Simpson there was Dormill, which were the suit fabric people among others and um, so we rehearsed in London and we just had to do the one show uh, flown out to Paris and we did the show and um, but during the rehearsals I found out that I was going to be wearing the new Burberry raincoat wow. uh, in a green it was sort of like um, a sage green um, and uh, all the guys were in the traditional uh, Burberry and the girls were all in red and uh, I just remember the scene that I had to sort of come out at the end and the girls all had Afghan hounds. I mean, there was 20 models wow. on, so it was spectacular. It was spectacular. But it was the launch of this new colour and I'd been chosen to wear it for no other reason wow. than, I don't know. I, I, I still don't know to this day. So um, it might just be the order that we were changing. and Because obviously when you're doing a show, you come off, you've only got so many seconds to change into another outfit. Um, however... So I, I did it, and and afterwards there was a, a big party. It went down very well, and uh, the manager, uh, the advertiser manager, uh, Berbers at the time, then came up to me and he said, um, "Can you come in and see me next week?" So I went, "Yeah, sure." I said, "Oh, we've got another job or whatever." He said, "Just come and see me next week." So I went along. I saw him, and the following week, and he basically said, "Look, we're looking for someone." to do everything. And I said, what do you mean everything? <laughs> he said, well, we want everything fitted on you. 
So all the, the prototypes, everything was fitted on me. We then want you to do the catalogue. We then want you to do the presentation to wow. the, 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 um, the agents from worldwide when they come to London. Yeah. We want you to do the fashion show. We want you to do the catalogue. How did, how did it feel when they... To get... And, um, I mean, most of the, the... I mean, you think it's all glamorous, but I, I remember we had to do a, a, a launch. I think maybe one of the photos you posted, me and it, the Burberry Ranco, yeah. um, that was done in uh, Victoria. And I had to change in the car because there was no other facilities. It yeah. was so rushed. Yeah. And um, I think people anyway. have the perception it's so glamorous. Oh, yeah. Oh, don't you? Oh, listen, believe me. <laughs> we, we work in all weathers. Um, and um, and then, uh, yeah, so that was Victoria Park. But then the following week, um, or the week, a couple of weeks beforehand, I was up at um, uh, Castle Howard. We were doing a show. And then, you know, I've, I've worked in Glam's Castle where the Queen Mother was born and Princess Margaret was born. Wow given free run um, <laughs> and you, you used to get access yeah to the, all these places um, which you wouldn't normally have seen you know uh, so um, that was that and then yeah and I was with Burberry until I retired did um, you have the story when there was something to do with was it a jacket splitting or? Oh no! It was actually it was the Castle Howard. So remembering <laughs> was that this everything. With Burberry? Yeah. Yes. Remembering everything's fitted on yes. me, right? Yeah. So we're doing suits. We're doing the attaché case, the ties, the shirts, uh, the shoes, um, and uh, the uh, country jackets and the trousers. So it's my entire wardrobe which has been fitted on me, and they sent <laughs> the wrong pair of trousers. <laughs> And it was the only pair of trousers. So I was a 30 waist. Mm. I'm a 33 leg. Mm -hmm. So they sent a 34 30. Oh. Okay? Yeah. So, but we had to get this shot done. So basically, it was supposed to be a standing up shot. It ended up me being on a bench <laughs> with the... <t> <laughs> jacket sort of covering the belt area which was now <laughs> down just above just below my navel and then they had to cut all the the trousers on the inside and then gaffer tape it to my leg so it stayed in place and I just had to stay there for 20 minutes so there so all I could do was move my head I couldn't move at all I just had to keep moving my head and getting the light and, and stuff and I said what the hell happened I said everything's fitted on me why do they send me the wrong you know oh, so anyway, we great. get around it but that's the other thing you know when you're doing catalogues yeah. I mean, if people still do catalogues they'll see catalogues but they used to be Kays, Freemans, Grattans and um, used to see these immaculate or give towels mm. away it's like a magician you see these immaculate trousers and you they know, still do it I and think they're they, yeah. pinned and they're <laughs> sellotaped and you know they're stuck in your shoe yeah. and, oh but gosh. that's why when you order stuff and you think it's going to look as amazing <laughs> as, on you as a model <laughs> so um yeah so going back to Burberry days yeah. it, it was wonderful and um I did my very very last it, well they called me in under false pretenses because they knew I was retiring and uh it was 92 mm. um and they said oh we've got some knitwear fittings so they called me in, but actually they had a big party for Aww. me and they did a Burberry blue check <gasps> cake oh for me goodness. and I just went home with my car full of goodies, wow. which I still got to this day. Yeah. So anybody out there, if you think you're spending a lot of money on Burberry, <laughs> just know it's going to last you 30 years. Yeah, yeah. So, Aww. yeah, so so that was that was good. That was good. But it was, um, 
it was a part of my life that I absolutely loved. Mm. Um, thoroughly enjoyed it. It was so diverse. Um, I went into the airlines because I wanted to travel. I ended up traveling all over the world with the with the with the um, and getting paid good money for it as well. Um, there were a few hiccups when a couple of the companies that I worked for mm. actually had gone bust before they paid me. So wow. there was there was ups and downs. Mm. But I, I was just thankful for the people I worked with. Um, but I have to go honestly say, you know, when you're traveling and you're in the most exotic locations mm. and so forth, mm. um, you can get tempted. Yes. And yes. I was in a most happy relationship, um, now married. And, um, but you were, but I, I saw a few relationships falter because Absolutely. of uh, people playing away. Yeah. And you, you know, we call it, I don't know whether it's a woke, you know, it's incorrect to say, but you're surrounded by absolutely beautiful people, mm. stunning people. Yeah. Um, and um, we used to have a lot of fun together and there was the temptation there. Yeah, absolutely. But um, I'm pleased to say that I was a good boy. Yeah. I was a good boy because <laughs> uh, I was happy with what I had at home. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so overall it was, um, it was a career that I, as I said, got into by sheer fluke. Uh, it was one that I actually loved. I took advantage of it. I enjoyed every single minute of it. Mm. Um, but I think my favourite was doing the shows. Yeah. Because you had to find... I mean, I did some mini-series as well. And I, you know, met some... I played the, 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 the boyfriend of the husband of Farrah Fawcett wow. in a mini-series. I played the husband of... Or the boyfriend of um, another one... Uh, oh, God, Stephanie Powers as well then i did a couple of things with kirk douglas and joel gray um lovely just means i never wanted to get into the acting though yeah because yeah. people said why don't you get following through but I, I i found all the sitting around was you know yeah. so where i'd like the yeah of, of, the, of the, the photographic work you yeah. know yeah. um and uh doing the shows and stuff so the opportunities were there i never took them mm. so i wasn't meant to be an actor there we yeah. go so, but you but were meant to be a model. I was. I think I was meant to be I a think model. You, I had two shots at it, I and think I took you the were. second shot. Yeah. But I think what I say to Neil a lot is, it's incredible how it just didn't get to your head. No. No. Why? I was doing a job. Yeah. I was. I was very fortunate yeah. to have a face that fitted a lot of <laughs> <laughs> campaigns. Um, I, I, I got paid a lot of money. I travelled all over the world. Yeah. I had the great. I mean, I got flown to first class to Dubai. I was a pilot. Mm. Um, on one scene, one wow. scene. I was going to Dubai wow. for eight days, <laughs> and we did it in two takes. So that's, the rest of the time, I was on holiday. That's crazy. And they said, "Well, you've been paid for the week. Do you want to stay or go home?" And I said, "No, I'm having a good time." So, yeah. and that's the way it was. But sometimes you could really work ruddy hard, mm. very hard, mm. very hard. Oh, look, look, I was going to tell you one story. <laughs> it was for who people don't remember. CNA it used to be a big fashion store, yeah. and. Um, I did their latter commercials. Maybe that's why they're closed. Um, <laughs> but I did all their latter commercials. Um, and uh, we had to do a mock-up ski scene. So it was all shot in this country. So they had the, um, a, a, fire, a fire engine that blew out foam. And then they put, um, uh, what was it? Epsom salts all down and everything. So And they built a chalet facade wow. as well. So we're there. And this one poor girl... I'd mm. never walked in, in ski boots before <laughs> and she had to carry a tray of glue vine, which is the very hot, lovely drink <gasps> with spices in and everything. Mm. 
but it's a deep, deep red colour. I can see, I think I can see where this is going. 15 times. No way. 15 times. 15 she tripped times. over a shot and shot, and each time they had to clean all the snow up oh, again no. and fill it up again, and 15 times. In the end, they actually sellotaped, <laughs> not sellotaped, they glued, they yeah. super glued the glasses there and didn't fill up the, the glue line too much to the tops and everything, and made a little sort of path for her. And of course, we were actually in hysterics because yeah. we're doing our bit. And, she's, and then we all sort of turn around and go, hi, oh, blue vine type thing. <laughs> Crash. Oh, all I can say is thank God I wasn't a model because that would be me. I know, <laughs> you I'm, know I'm, that I'm, would be yeah, me. Yeah, actually, I'm with you, kid. I'm clumsy, <laughs> believe me as well. But um, yeah, no, great memories. Lovely. It's nice to look back, yeah. you know, um, at the photos and everything. Uh, to see them and try and remember where you were <laughs> as well. well. That was one of the other things. I yeah. looked at that photo and I think, now, was that Formentera? Was that mm. Sicily? Was that... Yeah. Yeah, you just never know. You just never do sometimes. Otherwise, you go, oh, Barbados. You know, don't that distinctly. But, uh, yeah, I won't be... Uh, going back, I, 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 it was a lovely time. I, I don't regret it at all. A lovely part of my life. And um, I'm glad I've been able to share it with you yeah. today. Thank you so much for coming My on the podcast. Absolute pleasure. And I wish you every success with that and all your future podcasts oh, as well. And I you, hope Neil. your listeners all enjoyed that. 